Welcome to Liquid Church Media. The message you're about to enjoy was originally delivered live at Liquid Church by Pastor Tim Lucas. For more content, log on to liquidchurch.com or visit one of our campuses in the New Jersey metro area. Liquidchurch.com, where truth is relevant and grace wins. Welcome to Liquid Church, everybody. Great to see you guys. Glad you're here. I'm Pastor Tim, and we are in the home stretch of the Saturate Vision Campaign, and some pretty cool stories are starting to pour in. If you remember, a couple weeks ago, we did something kind of unorthodox. Um, just to demonstrate God's generosity, we gave out $52 in cash to every life group at every campus at Liquid, and we said, hey, we're going to give you God's money to bless somebody in need. God's blessed you to be a blessing, and some of you we're kind of shocked by that. You were like, you know, what kind of church gives away cash when they're trying to raise eight million bucks, you know, for a capital campaign? Uh, well, if you're new, uh, you need to know at Liquid, we trust God. We really believe everything we have is His, and we actually really trust you. We are blessed to be a, God's, a blessing. And so, really, what we want to do is put God's money into the hands of God's people and allow you to kind of kickstart the vision to saturate our state with the love of Jesus. If you recall, there were just three rules we had for the $52. We said you couldn't spend it on yourself. Sorry about that. It was meant to bless somebody else who's in need unexpectedly. Second, you can't give it back to our church. We wanted you to invest it outside our church walls. And then third, you couldn't add your own money to it. The $52 symbolizes the five loaves and two fish that Jesus multiplied and then used to feed a crowd of 5,000. So this was kind of an experiment in generous giving. We wanted our life groups really to exercise that compassion muscle in their heart. And man, some of you guys were super creative. We have some fun stories of generosity pouring in from around the state. One life group in Morris County, they brought Dunkin' Donuts gift cards, and they handed them out to people all over Morristown Green who needed food and coffee to keep warm. They took their five-year-old kids with them, and they're like, God loves you. Here's a free you know, gift card. And of course, in New Jersey, people are like, get away from me, you know. But then when they realized what it was, they were thrilled. They were very grateful and happy. There's another family, a life group. They have a family in there whose relative is actually being released from prison later in November. And so the group used $50 to buy new clothes for him to wear to work, and then they spent $2 on stationary paper. And here's the cool part. Every life group member wrote their own letter of encouragement to let them know they support him and they are praying for his success. And so isn't that cool? That life group is actually planning to bring that person to liquid this fall, so get ready to welcome him, because if the sun sets you free, you are free indeed. That's awesome. That's great, guys. So cool to see that. In Union County, Union County, another life group actually is partnering with a crisis pregnancy center in Plainfield to support a single expectant mom who's going through a parenting course. And here's the cool part. Apparently, it was guys' night at their life group, and the expectant mom is having a baby boy. So the dudes went out clothes shopping for the little guy. And I look at that, you realize, man, there's nothing sexier than a man shopping for baby clothes. Am I right, ladies? Great job, guys. That's the whole idea behind generous giving. Your Father in heaven, he owns it all, right? And the reason he blesses us as children is so we can be a blessing to others in need. Our vision as a church really is to bless thousands of people through this vision campaign in the years to come all across our state. And we hope this is going to kind of kickstart, be a catalyst for your continued generosity, especially as we move to Commitment Sunday, which is really next Sunday, November 8th. We've had this circled on our calendar for a while. Next Sunday is the date we're asking every single person who calls Liquid Church their spiritual home to give their largest financial gift ever toward our two-year Saturate campaign. We want the good work that's begun here now to ripple out across our state in the decades to come. So today, I want to just kind of prepare you for what's going to happen next Sunday. Really get our heart, our heart tuned to God's heart and learn what is the heart of generous giving. What, what is the kind of giving that pleases God the most? I'm not talking about the amount of giving but the attitude behind it. What is the spirit that God desires in his kids when it comes to being generous? Well, to answer that, you can turn your Bible to Mark chapter 12. We'll look at verses 41 through 44. That's our text today. And as we're finding that, let me just kind of lay down a couple ground rules just to kind of put you at ease. Um, because I understand money is a sensitive issue, right? Whenever I talk about giving, there are some people who are like, oh boy, they, get, they start getting nervous. They're like, oh no, I was just starting to like this church, right? Now they're after my money. Did you know? That's the number one objection of people who don't attend church. The church just wants my money. 
And the reality is, if you've been in church for some time, you probably have seen where, where this topic has been handled very poorly, right? Some pastors use, you know, kind of guilt tactics to shame and manipulate people. Like, you don't give enough, you know, you must not love God. I remember as a boy, one church um, we attended had a capital campaign. They, had, they put a giant thermometer on stage. You ever see one of those? And each Sunday, they, the red line would inch up, inch by inch by inch. And if, like, on a particular Sunday, the pastor felt like that wasn't enough, he would say, you know, he'd be like, you know, what's wrong with you stiff-necked people, you know? Do you go all Old Testament, you know? And don't grieve the Spirit, you're making Jesus cry, you know? So we're not going to have that. Let me just give you kind of two ground rules for this talk on giving. First, no guilt allowed, okay, at Liquid Church. Praise God, we live under grace, so that means no shame, there's no manipulation. In fact, the pen in your hand says it all. What, it, what does it say? It says, faith is a journey, not a guilt trip, okay? And I, you gotta, I understand, talking about financial stuff, right, can make you uncomfortable, but you don't need to be. At Liquid, we talk candidly pretty much about every issue. We talk about sex, about relationships, and today, we're just going to learn what God's Word says about money and our stuff. It's a pretty important topic that affects everybody's life, and so we're going to talk candidly about it. But don't freak out, all right? I promise. No giant thermometers and no guilt. Secondly, new guests, all right? If you are here for the first time today or you're a visitor, you get a free pass today, okay? The last thing we are after as a church is your money. We're just thrilled that you're here, and we actually have a free gift to give you just to thank you for coming and checking us out. But this teaching is really for our regular attenders and those who call Liquid Church their home. We've been on a long journey together, and this is kind of like a, um, like a family talk around the kitchen table. I remember my dad used to sit at the kitchen table when he had to pay, you know, the bills, and my mom would sit down, and she'd look over his shoulder, and she's like, is there enough to go on vacation, you know? So if you're new, you actually just get to sit back today and just kind of relax, and you get to eavesdrop on a family conversation and see what we're all about. Sound good? So no guilt, no fear, no shame, just God's truth. And here's the cool thing. The truth will set you free if you let it. Amen? All right. Let's, let's look here at Mark 12, where Jesus teaches his disciples about this heart of generous giving. We'll start at verse 41. Here's what it says. Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put, and he watched the crowd putting their money into the temple treasury. Many rich people threw in what size? Say it together. Large amounts. But a poor widow came and put in two very small copper coins, pennies, right? Worth only a few cents. Calling his disciples to him, Jesus said, Truly I tell you, this poor widow has put more into the treasury than all the others. She, they all gave out of their wealth, but she, out of her what? Poverty put in everything, all she had to live on. Now, quick show of hands. How many of you have heard that story before? You've read it, maybe you heard it preached on. Okay, cool. Again, I apologize if you heard it in a context where some, you know, pastor uses it to guilt, shame, or manipulate people to give. Like, you know, if you're not giving to this church, you don't love God. That is not my intent. It is certainly not the heart of Jesus in this passage. Rather, I think Jesus is spotlighting this, this encounter for his disciples because he wants to illustrate the kind of generous spirit that's supposed to motivate our giving. There are really three things here that we can learn from Jesus about generous giving in this passage. Notice first that generous giving just attracts the attention of God. It attracts God's attention. I mean, can you imagine if I told you right now, hey, it's a very special Sunday. Jesus is visiting Liquid Church today. He's coming today to this service. Because that's what's happening here. Jesus is actually visiting the temple in Jerusalem and word got out. Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. I want you to imagine if you were in that congregation, right? And the service starts, and, and everyone's like looking around. Is he here yet? Is he here yet? No, 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 no Jesus yet. And then, and then everyone starts doing worship, and everyone's got their worship on because maybe Jesus is here. Look intense, you know. Jesus, you know. They're all like looking around, kind of one eye open, you know. No, no, no Jesus yet. And then it's like he's not here yet, and they sit down for the sermon. It's like, you know, and the pastor's like, the word of God says. He's pronouncing everything really well, looking around. No Jesus. And you're like, this is disappointing. No Jesus. And the service is almost over, and then it comes time for the offering, and suddenly, voila, Jesus. And he comes and he sits down right next to you. And he goes, sup? I just want to see what you're going to put in the offering today. <laughs> Awkward! This is the most awkward passage in the Bible because that's what's happening here. Verse 41 says Jesus goes to church and he sat down opposite the place where the offerings are put and watched the crowd putting their money into the temple treasury. Now why does he do this? 
It's like, is Jesus all about the money? Is this where televangelists get this idea? Actually, if you're a student of Jesus, you know that throughout the gospel, Jesus Christ talks more about the topic of money and your possessions than heaven and hell combined. Why? He's not after our wallets. He's after what? Our hearts. And as he famously said in Matthew 6, where your treasure is, there your what? Heart will be also. In other words, the things that are important to you, you naturally invest in. You and I naturally financially sacrifice for causes that are close to our heart. And the question that Jesus really points here at the temple is, is our heart in his house? Do you have a heart for the house? See, in the Old Testament, the temple was considered the house of the Lord. In the New Testament, the church is considered, you know, it's the house of God. So Jesus comes to church, and he says, I'm going to sit right down next to the offering, and I just want to watch. I want to see who has a heart for this house. Who has, a, who has a heart that's passionate about the kingdom of God? That's passionate about the things that my father is passionate about? If you've ever visited a church, that's actually an excellent question to ask. Like, what's, what's the heart of this house? Now, here at Liquid, I hope it's become obvious for you. Because over the last four weeks, I have tried to paint in technicolor the heart of this house. What we're passionate about. What we believe God is calling us to financially invest in. In fact, I'm going to ask our ushers right now at every campus just to come forward one last time, and I want them to pass out a lookbook to every person here. I understand you may be sick of looking at these, all right? But we spent a lot of time on this, and I want to be razor sharp. I want to be crystal clear so you have no question, what is the heart of this house? We spent a lot of time praying, planning, crafting language, choosing images so there'd be no doubt in your mind where the heart of Liquid Church is. So would you indulge me, even if you have one of these, take one, pass it down, and you can pull out the lookbook out of the envelope, and I want you to just kind of flip through it with me and look at the heart of this house. Look at what Jesus is calling us to as a church. All that we're going to invest our time, our treasure, and our resources in. As you know, we are launching four new campuses over the next few years, and Somerset County has their grand opening next Sunday on November 8th. Can we hear it for Somerset County? That's very exciting. That's going to be followed by Garwood in early 2016, and then Jersey City, our first urban campus to reach city dwellers with the gospel. We're going to be expanding God's house, rippling across the counties in New Jersey. Now, our expansion from four to eight campuses is going to be supported by a brand new broadcast campus in Parsippany. That'll serve as kind of the heart and the lungs of our house. It's like the hub of operations that will support our network of county campuses. And if you flip to the page, you'll see we have acquired a 125,000 square foot warehouse. And we're going to be renovating that in 2016. Our blueprints call for expanded kids and family space, classrooms for discipleship, and permanent office space for staff and volunteers. The auditorium is going to triple our seating capacity in Morris County, and most importantly, it's going to allow for a live broadcast of the weekend teaching for all liquid campuses, so we'll all be on the same page as one church. Again, this is such a gift from God, and this is going to serve as the hub of liquid's ministry, really, for the next decade. But it's not about buildings. That's just a tool. What goes on in the house of God? At the heart of our house is a passion for serving children with special needs. As you see in the lookbook, Saturate is going to help fund our first full-time special needs director, as well as dedicated staff at all eight campuses. Because in the Father's house, we're like kids and families with special needs. They deserve a seat of honor at the table, amen? We're passionate about that. The other compassionate cause we're investing in is feeding the hungry and the homeless across our state. Through our partnership with the Relief Bus and other ministries, we have the goal of funding one million meals over the next two years, in Christ's name. We want to feed the hungry. That's our heart locally. And globally, we want to serve the thirsty. Clean water, that is our signature cause at Liquid. That's the heart of our house. We want to bring safe drinking water to the poorest of the poor. And Saturate really is focused on serving families and children in Rwanda. There's some of the 663 million who lack the basics. And our goal is big. It's 100% saturation, clean drinking water. For everyone, everywhere, for life, in Jesus' name. We are out to change the world, amen? That's the heart of this house. Campuses, compassion, and clean water. Make some noise if you share a heart for the house of God here at Liquid. It's a big vision. Big vision. And we're trusting God for a big amount. $8 million above and beyond our annual budget 
over the next two years. And you know what? It's going to take all of us. It's going to take every single family at every liquid campus financially sacrificing together to hit our target and achieve our goal as one church. But our hope is that every single person who calls this church home says, this is my house, this is my church. You're going to give above and beyond to saturate next Sunday. Rich, poor, it does not matter. We are asking for 100% participation. The size or the amount doesn't matter of your gift. Small, medium, large, we need them all. It is about equal sacrifice. See, that's the second thing that Jesus teaches about about generous giving. First, he says, it attracts God's attention. God actually watches and notices. But notice something here in Mark. Jesus does not say that the bigger the offering, well, clearly, the bigger the heart for God. In fact, he goes out of his way to point out that the amount we give actually doesn't impress him. That's the second truth about generous giving. God doesn't count the amount. He counts our sacrifice. Look at verse 42 here. Jesus sits down, right, and he watches people give their offering. And what it says there, it says, many rich people threw in what? How big? Large amounts. Evidently, this congregation had a lot of wealthy parishioners. And it says the rich people, this is so interesting, the verb here, threw in large amounts. The Greek word for threw here means they kind of flung or scattered it like they didn't care where it lands. And and here's, let me show you how this works. In those days, the Jewish temple had offering buckets, and these were built into the wall. They actually were shaped like trumpets, like, like a big open mouth, and it kind of funneled down. And the idea is you would put your offering in the bucket. But the Word of God says Jesus is sitting there watching, and the rich people, what did they do? They flung their money into the offering bucket. Notice it makes a noise. Why do you think they threw it? To cause a commotion. In other words, they wanted others to notice that they were giving a huge amount. Or as Donald Trump would say, huge. In fact, in Jesus' day, they actually had a saying for this. When someone threw a lot of money into the bucket, they would call it, oh, he's blowing the trumpet. Imagine you're at church and you're, you're praying and it's all quiet and then suddenly, and you'd be like, what's that? Oh, who's blowing the trumpet? It would sound like a slot machine hitting the jackpot and people were like, wow, that's impressive. Everyone in church is impressed except for one person, Jesus. Jesus is not impressed. In fact, he makes this very quick contrast in verse 42. He says, but a poor widow came and put two very, what, small copper coins worth only a few cents. So catch this. The rich people come into church and they make it rain. (laughs) And Jesus is like, not so much. But then a little old lady shuffles in and she what? She drops in two pennies. And what's Jesus' reaction? He goes nuts. He goes, everyone, come here, come here, come here. Calling his disciples to him. Jesus says, truly I tell you, this poor widow has put more into the treasury than all the others. They all gave out of their wealth, in other words, their surplus. But she, out of her poverty, put in what? Everything. All she had to live on. And see, this is amazing. Because when it comes to generous giving, God doesn't count the amount. He counts our sacrifice. Do we simply give out of our wealth, or our surplus, our savings. Here's what's comfortable. Here's what's easy. Here's what I can easily give out of my pocket. Or do we have a spirit of sacrifice that says, you know what? I don't even know if I have the financial means to give like this. But I trust God 100%. My heart is in his house. And my life is in his hands. So God, whatever I have is yours. Even if it's this, more, it's more than I could afford, but I trust you to provide for me. I mean, think about this. This woman, this woman is a widow. This is the first century. There is no social security. There's no Medicare. She has no husband. She has no sons to help care, provide for her. All she has is God. And when she walks into church, nobody turns their head except for Jesus, who stands up and goes, guys, look at this. This is what it's all about. They're like, what's the big deal? He's like, watch. You're like, Really? She put in two cents. By the way, that's where we get the phrase, hey, can I give my two cents? That's where we get it from this passage. And Jesus is like, don't you see? Your father doesn't count the amount. It's the heart behind the gift that he's after. The rich people gave it out of their surplus. They had it in their savings and it required no sacrifice. 
But this single woman gave out of her poverty. See, Jesus turns religious giving on its head. In God's eyes, the amount doesn't count. But when his children give, his number one concern is, do they have a spirit of sacrifice? It's funny. I had somebody come up to me after one of the services, all excited about the special needs program that we're planning. And they said, Tim, I have such a heart for children with autism, and I can't wait to give to this project. I just wish I was rich. <laughs> then I could really make a significant gift to saturate. And I was like, you can. See, see, large gifts don't necessarily mean a large heart. There's nothing wrong with big gifts. We need them. <laughs> but notice Jesus doesn't count the amount. He counts what's left over. See? In other words, the question is, when you give, when you give to God, how much does it cost you? How much do you first do the math and hold back for yourself? Do you calculate when you give to God, what can I afford without making any cuts to my normal lifestyle? And then I'll give God what I have. Or do you sacrifice your comfort to put God first? See, everybody in this room, it's just, it's just like in the temple. Everybody in this room has different sized checking accounts. Some of you have deep pockets, right? Maybe God's entrusted you with wealth. That is a gift. But the reality is, it wouldn't take much for you to write a check for $50,000. In fact, you're like, yeah, I actually have that. I could do that right now, and it might not impact you deeply. And some of you are sitting here being like, are you serious? Because that's more than you make in a year. The thought of offering God a large amount is intimidating. Heck, writing a check for $500 is a big deal. Your situation is much more precarious. You're like, with paycheck to paycheck. But Jesus says, don't freak out. True generosity is not measured by the amount you give, but by the amount left over. What you hold back as a cushion that says, I don't actually want to change my lifestyle or cut into muscle. So can I ask a pointed question? When you give to God, do you typically give out of surplus what's comfortable, what you can easily afford, or do you stretch to sacrifice like the widow did. See, the kingdom is upside down. Jesus says generosity is most possible in your poverty. Blessed are the poor. You're, you're not blessed when you have extra cash lying around and it's easy to throw a bunch in the bucket and say, hey, I can, I can do this all day. He's like, generous giving is actually easiest when you're poor, when it really costs you something and you have to give something up in order to trust God more. And Jesus is like, my father is looking for a spirit of sacrifice, an attitude that sacrifices our own needs and desires and puts the purposes of God first, even when it costs us dearly. And see, when it comes to generosity, I have noticed in church there are typically four levels that people give at. Some church folks are, are just most comfortable giving a tip at church. You know what I mean? Like the bucket comes around and, you know what, I like to worship today, I'm feeling good. Here's a fiver, you know? <laughs> I put in a tip, right? That is not worship. <laughs> that's not sacrifice. That's what you do at a restaurant, right? But I understand that's where some people are simply at. They feel like they can't afford to give sacrificially, so they tip God. God's not after a tip. He's after your heart, and that's why he asks for a tithe. That word tithe, as you know, literally means 10%. In the Old Testament, God said, here's how it's going to work. The first penny of every dime is mine. <laughs> That's the tithe. And the tithe is the Bible's baseline for giving to your local church. And I thank God, okay, because Liquid Church is full of people and families who tithe. Every week, every month, they give the first 10% of their income back to the Lord through the ministry here at Liquid. That's the only way a church operates. Did you know that? We're not for profit by design. We don't sell stuff. <laughs> We serve people with the love of Christ. We try to be the hands and feet of Jesus to a broken world. It is not a lucrative business. But the tithe is God's provision for his church. And the tithe is meant to be a blessing to his people. Remember, everything you have, everything belongs to God. Your job, your home, your car, your clothes, he owns it all. And when you return that first 10% of him, it's a way of putting him first in, his, in your finances. And God says, now that's a lifestyle I can bless. I remember Colleen and I started tithing in college. We started giving 10% back to our local church. And by God's grace, we've been able to increase that amount every single year. But above the tithe, the Bible teaches about giving 
An offering. You've heard of tithes and offering. An offering is an amount that's above and beyond your tithe that goes towards a special need, like feeding the hungry or, or helping the poor. In Old Testament times, you would bring to church your tithes and your offerings. The tithes in the temple went to give to the local priest. It would support the work of the church. But then you gave an offering that would help feed the hungry or widows and orphans. And so that's why we do a Christmas offering every year, right? We typically provide meals or coats for the homeless, toys for underserved children. But next week, these are three ways, tip, tithe, offering. But watch, next week, we're asking every family at this church to give beyond an offering and make a faith sacrifice. This is the highest level of contribution a Christ follower can make. Because by definition, it takes faith. You are making a donation that is above and beyond what you can comfortably afford or even just feels good. It's a stretch. Like the widow at the temple, it's actually pulling together all of your assets and you're giving at a level that actually sacrifices your comfort and trust God's going to have to come through for me to make good on this. By definition, it is sacrificial faith. Sacrificial faith, think of it this way. It's when the numbers don't add up, but you're trusting God to show up. See, I told you, this Saturate campaign is not about fundraising. It's about faith raising. It's an exercise in stretching our faith and deepening our trust in God. So next Sunday, November 8th, we're asking for a faith sacrifice. We are, you are pledging money you don't necessarily even have right now because you're like, I'm looking in two years. I don't know where it's all going to come from. And you may not even be able to afford it right now at your current level of consumption. However, you're like, what can I cut? What can I sacrifice in my house so I can give my heart more fully to God's house? Let me show you exactly what we're asking every person at Liquid to do. If you turn to the last page in your lookbook, you'll see this generosity chart that outlines the various levels of gifts we're asking God to provide. And at the bottom it says, right, 1,000. It goes all the way up to 500,000. And just to make this very simple, because I'm just going to use a round number, Let's just say on average that God has enabled you. He's given you a brain. You've, you've gone to college. You're gainfully employed. You have all your teeth. Praise God for you. That is awesome. And God, by his power, he's enabled your family to give $10,000 a year to Liquid Church. You gave $10,000 last year. Maybe it was, you know, 8000 of a tithe and 2000 of your Christmas offering. 10000 total you gave back to the church last year. What we're asking you to do is consider giving an additional $10,000 above and beyond your normal giving spread over the course of two years. Does that make sense? In other words, if every person at Liquid gave an additional year of giving over these next two years as our church, we would hit the bullseye of God's heart for this house. We would able, be able to fund 100% of everything God's calling us to in the Saturate Vision. It does not matter where you fall on the chart. It's just an example. I realize some of you are like, you're, you're like, dude, I'm not even on the chart. I'm like, here, here, you, you need a few more levels, right? Because this is a diverse congregation. That's one of the things I love about our church. It runs the spectrum. In our congregation right now, we have in the same row, we have white-collar executives sitting next to blue-collar plumbers. We have families of four who live comfortably in the suburbs, and we have single moms who are just trying to make ends meet. I am convinced that Liquid's diversity, both ethnically and economically, is a major strength of our church. Amen? But when it comes to a spirit of sacrifice, only you know, only you know how much would really be a stretch for you. I mean, we all can probably pick out a level that we could comfortably afford over the next two years. But how is God asking you to stretch towards sacrifice next Sunday? That's a question my friend Carrie Kelly has been wrestling with. Carrie is a wonderful, she's a woman of God. She attends our Union County campus. She's not married, she's not rich, but she has a heart for God's house. And she asked God what he wanted her to give towards Saturate. And when the Spirit spoke to her, she realized it would require both faith and sacrifice. This is Kelly's story. Hi, I'm Carrie Kelly and I attend Mountainside. In August two years ago, I was saved. I became a believer. One day there was a sign announcing the opening of Liquid Church on October 6th. And it was just right here in my cozy little town of Mountainside. I felt it was small and intimate and 
right from the beginning I felt there was no judgment in this church. Nobody was trying to put on airs. It was very welcoming. I really didn't understand what tithing was at all. And it really sunk in for me, I guess, was when Dave Brooks did the 90-day tithe challenge. And I felt very convicted that everything I have, my home, my money, um, my car, everything, is really God's. And they're gifts to me for me to appreciate and to use the way that He wants me to use them. When I first heard about Saturate, my initial reaction was, eight million dollars, you gotta be crazy. <laughs> and then I heard Dave Brooks give us what our financials were like on an annual basis, which is close to eight million. So I thought, okay, well, that's not so bad. And like we do it every year. You know, I had a number in mind initially. Um, really didn't come up with it with God per se, but I just thought, okay, well, this is enough and this is fair and this is what I can afford. Then I heard Pastor Tim's look at the number where you're comfortable with and then go a level above it. And I was really convicted with that. I felt God saying, Carrie, you've been praying to grow in your belief and your faith in me. This is the opportunity to do just that. Because that's what I want more than anything. I just want to you know, completely let go and give everything to God and just trust Him. I just want that freedom. After I had made that decision, a man came to my door and issued me a summons and I was being sued by a man who I was in a car accident with two years ago. In my head, I went crazy and, and imagined the absolute worst scenarios of how that was going to play out, and which was essentially I was gonna be taken for everything that I have, and I was gonna be left with nothing. I went right to God, and I'm so glad I did. I felt calmer after praying about it and speaking to Him. I thought, this doesn't change anything. I still have to give that number because that, I believe, was really what the number God wanted me to give. I was calmed after praying about it. And when I gave in spite of that, there hasn't been regret, there hasn't, I haven't questioned it. I haven't even thought of this suit because I just believe that all of this, you know, God was putting these things in my path to build my trust even more. I'm so excited. I'm nothing but excited to have liquid and more counties throughout New Jersey. The second thing was a Rwanda. I'm really excited about that. To actually see people healing and coming together. It's just a miracle that only God can bring about. When I serve in the family ministry and we, we have a handful of special needs children in Mountainside, my heart explodes because it's going to be for a finite group of people, yet it's that important to our church to accommodate them. It's inspiring in the biggest sense of the word. I know that I am not the only person who has struggled or has struggled with this. I'm speaking from someone who's on the other side of this now. It was literally an answer to my prayer to grow in faith, to grow in trust. It is an opportunity for God to grow you. He stretches us most of the time through experiences, and He's given all of us at Liquid Church that opportunity to do that through Saturate. Can we thank Carrie Kelly for sharing her story with us? That's a pretty cool, that's amazing. You know what I love about that? I think, I think we can all relate to what she feels when it comes to, to generous giving, right? We're all like, here's the level at which I feel comfortable giving, but now I feel God's asking me maybe to give this amount, and it's a stretch, and, and I'm nervous, and I'm sort of afraid, and then all of a sudden, wham, circumstances change, right? She had a lawsuit hit her out of nowhere. Something happens, an unexpected bill, a health crisis that rocks our financial boat, and it's like, what am I going to do now? And let me tell you, that is the moment of truth. Do I put my house first, or do I put God's house first? Do I actually double down on my faith and trust enough to sacrifice, even if I don't know exactly how it's all going to turn out? Or do I play it safe, hold some back for myself? See, by definition, generous giving happens when the numbers don't add up, but you have to trust God to show up. We, I don't know how it's all going to work out or if there'll be enough left over at the end of the day, but I'm going to trust that my Father in heaven will provide. Because the resources of heaven are his, and you know what? When I put him first in my finances, I believe he'll bless the rest. He can be trusted. So as we look towards next Sunday, November 8th, let me challenge you to stretch towards sacrifice. In other words, give so that you're actually a little uncomfortable. <laughs> because we all, right, we all have an idea of what we can comfortably donate. But my question is, how is God speaking to you and asking you to stretch to sacrifice for this vision? That is a very personal question that only you can answer. What's a sacrifice for one of you may not be a sacrifice for another. 
for some people, let's say if you're a tipper, if you're a tipper and you give, you know, kind of sporadically at church, let me tell you your next step. Your next step is to tithe. That's your next step of obedience. Just start giving regularly. Give weekly, monthly. Every time you get paid, put God first in your finances. The first penny of every dime, that's mine. That's God's. That would make a huge difference. That's a game changer. Did you know that? That is a game changer. For those of you who give a, a tithe or an offering, we want you to make a, a, a faith sacrifice. In other words, you may not have the money right now in your savings, but by faith, would you sacrifice to give? Give an additional year of giving over 2016 and 17. Because, guys, it is the only way we're going to see God's vision come to life for this house. We need 100% participation next Sunday. So here's my challenge for you. It's the same as when I talked with Carrie. This week, I want you to ask God for the faith to go one level up on Commitment Sunday. Remember, in God's eyes, it's not the amount that counts, but it's how much you have left over. Because some people in this room, you could quite comfortably write a check for $50,000. It's not a sacrifice. But you know what? It wouldn't require faith. And maybe God's like, it's prompting your spirit to stretch to $100,000. Or what? It just scales. It doesn't matter. If it's $5,000, it's God asking you to stretch to $10,000. If it's $500,000, is he asking you to stretch to $1,000? That's how Colleen and I, we've been praying about this all summer. I've told you how we kind of kept this lookbook on our nightstand. We've read through it. We pray each night before we go to bed. What do you want us to give? And I'll just be honest, total honest moment with you. We had to swallow hard in saying, are we really stretching to sacrifice? And as we wrestled through this, our family has now changed the amount that we're donating twice since this campaign began. Because at first, in our house, we, we like, were able to identify the level we normally give. We thought, okay, well, you know, it would be a stretch to give an additional year, but we can swing it. But then we're like, let's pray about going one level up. And that was hard. That cut into that muscle because it meant a lifestyle change. We actually had to change some things about our family budget to make that work. But listen, I'm making this live for you. This week, just this week, we received a modest inheritance check from a relative who died last year. It's not a huge amount. We're not rich. You're not, don't be like, no, didn't take me out for coffee. It's, we're, not, we're not, okay? But it represented another level in the chart. And we literally looked at the check, and we had to ask each other, are we supposed to use this for our house or for God's house? Because our, our kids, they're, they're growing, they're getting bigger, and we've discussed, like, bumping out to out of family room. Well, guess what? We're like, we just have to pray. God, stretch our faith. Why did you give this to us? And so we're giving that to saturate. And God keeps stretching and stretching. Colin kind of jokes. She's like, when is the series going to be over? We're going to have nothing left, you know? She's like, stop preaching, okay? Seriously, it's not easy. We, we, but look, we, we, look we, we both work. We got young kids in school. The cost of living in New Jersey is high. You guys know this. But first, God speaks to your heart. He spoke to my heart, but then he broke my heart. Because as I see what his heart is, lub-dub, lub-dub, his heart for special needs, his heart for feeding the homeless, his heart for clean water for kids in Rwanda. And now with one week left, you know what we're praying? We're like, God, our hands are open. You confirm the number that you want to stretch us to. Is there something else in our lifestyle that you just want our family to sacrifice? So, so let me challenge you to press in this week and ask the same question. Ask God, what have you blessed me with? And what are you asking me to sacrifice? Because this is a deeper level of sacrifice that's above and beyond. And it's going to require all of us to accomplish it together. This is the final point Jesus makes in Mark 12. He says, generous giving requires an all-in kind of faith that puts everything on the table like the widow does here in Mark 12. Look what Jesus says. He says, she, out of her poverty, put in what? What's this word, church? Everything, all she had to live on. And this is kind of interesting. I was doing some research on this because all she had to live on actually means more than just cash or coins, right? Right? All she had to live on literally means like material, physical assets. And that's actually where the majority of our wealth is. Did you know this? In America, 90% of our wealth is in our assets. Not our cash, but the house that you own or the car that God gave you to use or the clothes that you wear. And that phrase, all she had to live on, actually suggests, some commentators said, it may be that this widow had to actually sell something in order to get that extra penny. I mean, this lady is all in, (laughs) And that's what I want to challenge your family to adopt. Adopt this kind of all-in attitude that puts everything on the table. Can I ask this? Here's a table. Can I ask this? What might God be prompting you to put on the table next Sunday? Maybe to sacrifice for a season so your heart can be in his house. Let Let me close by just giving you a few 
lifestyle examples of sacrifices that maybe you're going to sacrifice for a season to donate. Maybe, maybe on this table, maybe for you, Saturate begins by offering your wallet. Here's my wallet, God. It's on the table saying, God, this, this, is, this is all I have. This is my money, but my money, my money is your money. And I'm going to start by putting you first with the tithe. I am going to tithe for two years as a way of acknowledging everything that I have comes from you, and I'm going to do that and honor you with the tithe for the, for the remainder of the Saturate campaign. And anytime I get a paycheck, God, you get the first 10%. My wallet's on the table. God, that's yours. Game changer. Huge step of obedience. And maybe instead of spending everything you have on yourself, you actually cut back on some other expenses to donate to God's house. Maybe, maybe, get ready to ooh, maybe it's Starbucks. Ooh, that would be a huge sacrifice, right? Let's let this kind of, this bag and this cup represent eating out. Did you know the average American family spends $225 a month eating out? Fast food, coffee on the run, snacks. You know how much that is a year? $2,700 a family. That's a lot of pumpkin spice lattes, okay? Think about your Chipotle lunch, your Panera dinner, maybe for a season, just a season. You actually cut back on your coffee so kids get clean water. Does that make sense? God, my consumption is on the table. Maybe you get really radical. Maybe, maybe it's one of these babies. Maybe it's a flat screen TV. And all the guys just went, oh, crap. Right? Because it's football season, right? And maybe you are planning to upgrade your home theater and you had your eye on this baby, but God's calling you to sacrifice for a season. And and for the next year or two, you're going to take the money you'd normally use to upgrade your home theater or get new electronics or or women buy new furniture, redecorate, remodel, and you're going to donate that money to saturate. There's nothing wrong with this stuff. We got flat screen in our house. I understand that. Or maybe it's I have a TV, but I'm going to give up cable for the next two years. I'm going to give that $50 a month, and I'm going to give it to Saturate. God, my entertainment, it's on the table. Maybe, maybe it's this. Maybe, (laughs) maybe it's not going on such a long vacation next year, you know? Or maybe you give up your cruise or whatever trip it is you had planned in order to give to God. Family vacations are awesome but they're getting more and more expensive. You know, the average family in America spends $4,600 on summer vacation. What if next year you said, you know what, guys? Instead of going away twice, we're going to go away once. And we're going to go on a staycation. And when we're staying at home, it's a reminder we're sacrificing to stay in our house so God's house can multiply. God, my vacation plans are on the table. Or, or maybe, maybe it's this, maybe it's this. Look at this little baby, right? Some of you are like, giving away my Matchbox car? No, no, no. <laughs> this is not, we're not asking you to donate your car to Saturate, though. If you want to do that, give us a ring. We'll just figure it out. But, but maybe, maybe God's asking you not to get the new car you wanted for the next two years. And give what you would have spent on that car fleece. I, sorry, I mean lease. Uh, give that money to Saturate, right? You know what the average car payment in America is? $482 a month. And maybe you're going to say, you know what, Lord, I'm going I'm to put that on the table. I'm going to sacrifice something new so that people can be made new in Christ. Woo, watch out. See, I don't know what it is. And it's not about sacrificing these things forever. It's about sacrificing them for a season to allow God to do what he wants to do through you. He's given all of us something to give. What will it be for you? I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's this. Maybe it's next year's tax refund, Okay. Because Uncle Sam comes calling all year long, right? Knock on the door, right? Let me give you some news. It is best to pay your father first because your uncle, he's broke, okay? I'm not telling you, like, don't pay your taxes, but I'm asking, what about your tax refund next year? You're like, I don't, I don't, next two years, if you're fortunate enough to receive a federal tax refund, it's about over $3,000 per family. Maybe you're saying, I'm going to trust God to give a portion or maybe all of it. God, my tax refund, it's on the table. I have no idea. Maybe it's your investments. Some of you have stocks and, and bonds, and they go up and down, but God's calling you to say, you know what? I'm going to actually donate some of my stocks to saturate. I'm going to put that on the table because while it goes up and down on earth, I'm going to make an eternal investment, a treasure in heaven that I know will always get a return. God, it's on the table. Maybe it's your savings. I have no idea what God is calling you to give, but that money that you were saving for a rainy day, maybe you're like, I'm going to make it rain in Rwanda. God, I'm giving it to saturate. Oh, what it is for you, I don't know. 
All I know is this. If everything we have belongs to God, then everything we have needs to be on the table. Amen? That's a hard amen to give. Because as followers of Christ, when Jesus says, we open your hands, we open them. So this is kind of a gut check. I am preaching to myself, okay? If your level of giving doesn't require you to cut back on your lifestyle, then you probably haven't given sacrificially because that's what a sacrifice is. We have voluntarily chosen a lifestyle, guys, as Christians, that's about giving ourselves away. For God so loved the world that he what? Gave his only son. And whoever believes in him shall receive what? Eternal life. Guys, the stakes next Sunday could not be any higher. We are literally making an investment in eternity. Because of what we pledge together as a church family, lives will literally be saved. People will cross over from death to life. Families will be changed. The poor will be fed. Nations will be healed. Future generations that are yet unborn will hear the message of Jesus. I'm not kidding. Lives will be changed by what happens next Sunday at your campus. So listen very closely. Lean in right now. I want to tell you what you can expect next week. We want next Sunday, November 8th, to be the greatest level of financial sacrifice in Liquid's history. We need every person who calls Liquid home to return their commitment card to their campus. So if you reach into your envelope, I just want to go over this. You can hold it up, wave it around like you're fanning yourself. I know, it's getting hot in here. That's all right. But if you look at this, you'll see on the back, there's room for you to fill out your name and your contact information. But there's a place where it says your total two-year commitment. So you're going to say, here's what I'm believing God will enable me to give above and beyond. I'm asking him to stretch me over the next two years. This is above and beyond your annual tithe, your offering. But then secondly, notice it says, first fruits offering on November 8th. What's a first fruits offering? It's basically like a down payment on your two-year pledge. In other words, if you're like, God's calling me to sacrifice $10,000, you might give a first fruits offering of $5,000. Or you could give the whole amount up front. Or you could spread it out over two years. Obviously, the more money we receive up front allows us to plan effectively, and we're going to get a jump start on our projects. But next Sunday, we're asking every person to sacrificially give towards this pledge total. So do not forget your commitment card to your campus. I don't care if you forget your shoes, your phone. Don't forget this card. And here's what's going to happen. A couple things. When you come in next Sunday, we are going to have a special time of worship, and we have a couple of surprise guests. You will not want to miss this. And then we're going to call families to come forward together, to actually walk forward and hold hands. And you're going to put your card in the envelope. In fact, you could do that, and you're going to seal it. And then together, we're going to put all our cards on the table. And then we're going to celebrate our butts off. We're going to thank God for all that he has done and all he is going to do over the next decade. Please do not miss next Sunday. I realize that next weekend is the teacher's convention, which is like a national holiday in New Jersey, okay? I get that. So if you can't physically be here, it's actually not a problem. You can commit. You can give online at liquidchurch.com. If you just go to our website, you'll see. You can submit your pledge, and you can give there. That's fine, too. But listen, however you give your commitment next weekend, I am asking as your pastor to give generously, give big, and stretch yourself towards sacrifice. That's what our family's doing. That's what our leadership team is doing. And you have to understand, as liquid leaders, we will never ask you to do something that we're not willing to do first ourselves. And now more than ever, we need your generosity. Maybe you are like Colleen and I, you've gone back and forth, or maybe you've decided on a number, but today the Holy Spirit is speaking to your heart and you realize it's the wrong number. (laughs) Don't worry, you can tear up your card. We got more of these, okay? Maybe you calculated, well, what can I afford without changing anything in my life? But you realize God wants to do more through our family. He wants to stretch us out of our comfort zone so more lives can be changed for eternity. As you wrestle with that this week, as you stretch to sacrifice, don't be surprised by opposition this week. Things are going to happen. I love Carrie's story because she felt like God was asking her to give a certain amount that was a sacrifice, and then suddenly what happened? Hit with a lawsuit. That's what's going to happen. It's the bill you didn't see coming, or your tire blows out, or your washing machine breaks, or you're hit with, you know, back taxes, or there's a health issue. Carrie got hit with a lawsuit. Why does God allow that to happen? I am not sure, but sometimes it's a test. 
Sometimes it is a test to see, will you really trust me with your finances, even if you can't see where it's going to come from? And when that happens, I want you to imitate your sister Carrie. Lean into God. She didn't run away. She didn't freak out. Do not let worry or fear or anxiety overwhelm you. When you ask your father and it's his Holy Spirit, guess what happens? You get flooded with a peace that passes understanding. And that's all the confirmation you need. So understand what this is, guys. Saturate is an opportunity to grow your faith and learn to trust your father in a deeper way. So if you encounter opposition this week, push through it. In the end, it'll be worth it. What I'm going to do now is I'm going to call our ushers forward at each campus to receive our final offering before Saturate Sunday. In a lot of ways, this is kind of like a dress rehearsal before next weekend. So as our ushers come forward at each campus, we're going to pass the buckets. I'm going to close in prayer first. But when that bucket comes down your row, I don't want you to worry. Nobody's watching. (laughs) We're not recording this. This is your father's house. And he knows your heart. And I thank you for giving generously. Let's bow our heads in prayer. God, you are great far above the heavens. You own it all. You created the heavens and the earth, and you created us, your children, and you paid for our lives with the blood of your son. Thanks for being a giver. Thank you, God. We could never pay you back, but Father, it's an honor to stretch and to sacrifice and feel a little bit of what your son went through when he laid down his life to ransom our souls. So God, thanks for the gift of salvation. I ask now, as your people give generously, Lord, as we give above and beyond our natural capacity, would you flood them with the Holy Spirit and just release a river of generosity through this church body? God, I ask things that would happen next week and over the next two years that are unexplainable except for the power of God. May people look at our church and say, what is going on there? And we'll take none of the glory. We'll point them to Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord that you were rich and you became poor for our sake. Father, as we give out of our poverty, out of our surplus, Father God, I ask you to bless it and multiply it and change lives for eternity. We ask that in the name of your son, Jesus Christ, and all God's people said together, Amen. amen. Thanks for listening to Liquid Church Media. If you were inspired or challenged by today's message, we hope you'll tell a friend. For more content, log on to liquidchurch.com. Or visit one of our campuses in the New Jersey metro area. Liquidchurch.com, where truth is relevant and grace wins.